good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. You know that God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. Well, welcome to our second week of our Faith in Action series, and the theme, of course, is going with the flow. And for me, I think going with the flow is really being in tune, being in rhythm with the fundamental harmony of this magnificent universe that we're part of. And this week, as we look at the topic healing stream, your super wisdom. I was thinking about uh, what Silent Unity is about. If you've never, don't know what Silent Unity is, it's a place you can call for prayer 24 hours a day out of Unity Village. And I was looking back at the history of it. It started in 1889. And there was a gathering of, of friends and acquaintances. They came together to, to pray and affirm and visualize for healing. And within a year, Myrtle Fillmore, who was the one that really started this, along with her friends and colleagues, created the Society of Silent Help. And then later on, they renamed the Society to Silent Unity. And then in 1929, they started being a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, live-in-prayer line. And when I was in ministerial school, one of the practicums that we had to do was to go into the prayer room and receive calls to pray with people who call from all over the world. And normally, you know, we think that because I have so many different people, we have like lots of different prayers. And in some respects, that's true, but they really fell into about three basic categories. One of the categories was well, money and a job. I need some prosperity. Uh, the second category would be relationships. And people would say, you know, I'm in a relationship. I want to get into a relationship. Or I'm in a relationship. I need to get out of a relationship. Will you pray for me? And then, of course, it's the third category, which is probably the number one category, was healing and health. And, of course, healing is the, the foundation of, of Unity's New Thought movement that really was instigated and started by Myrtle Fillmore. And she had a book called Healing Letters that talked about many of the experiences that those around her had in their own healing experiences. And of course, they were talking not only just about physical healing, but mental healing, spiritual healing, uh, all kinds of levels of healing. And of course, when we have our health, you know, 
we often take it for granted because, you know, some people, they're just blessed with absolute pristine health. It doesn't matter what's happening around them. Everybody in their family could have a cold and they don't catch it. Someone else in the whole community could have a flu and don't even touch them. There could be a plague in the whole world and it will not touch them at all. They're not affected. And of course, when we have our health, we often will take it for granted till we don't have it. And as an individual say, they will do anything, go anywhere, pay any amount of money to get their health back and get back into the flow of their wholeness. A few weeks ago, I was, had one of those experiences where it made me, gave me a whole appreciation for life and how important it is. And, you know, as Dr. King said, you know, longevity is not guaranteed. But anyway, this particular day, I, I don't know if you ever had an experience where you drank some water and went down the wrong pike. Yes. And most of the, I've had that happen to me from time to time. And, you know, I just, <clears throat> you know, clear it up. Well, this time when I drank that water, it didn't clear up. And it just, I couldn't breathe. Nothing, nothing I could do to, to dislodge that blockage that was having, I was having at that moment. And I thought I was going to have to go outside. I was by myself. I thought I was going to have to go outside and get a neighbor to try to help me. And then finally what I did, I just, I finally relaxed. But I tell you, I just thought, is this how it's going to end? <laughs> I was definitely out of the airflow in that moment. And I think part of it is that, you know, we, we have a predisposition for life. I think we're predisposed to life. That's our nature. And then here's the thing that as children of the spirit of living God, not only are we predisposed for life, we're predisposed to affluence. We're predisposed to happiness. I think we're having something within us predisposed to wisdom, wealth, and also we're predisposed to well-being and wholeness. It is our nature. And these qualities are not for the lucky or the special. These qualities are for everyone. And what we want to do is remind ourselves what we can do and do what's necessary to activate that mystic cord of remembering that this is what we are here to express and be predisposed for. So that who and what we are comes out each and every day to play, to shine, to sing, to dance, and stay in the flow of this presence. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean we don't have dis-ease or physical impediments. That seems to go along with the, the program. But as everybody points out, that we can still be whole, even when we have those experiences, because each of us is a flow of wholeness. Each of us is whole wherever we are. Whatever may be conditions of our mind or body, because as Terre de Sedan points out, there's an unimpeachable wholeness of the universe, and we are one with that presence. I was thinking about uh, when I was my first week that I went to college many years ago. I can't believe it's been that long, but I still remember certain things. And I remember one time there was a classmate who was blind. And he had come in maybe a week or so before everyone else was there to get familiar with the, the, the campus so he can get around. And within that week, he knew the whole campus 
by heart. You know, he would have his, uh, you, know, you know, I don't know what they call the blind, the stick to help him get him around. And, and understand, this campus is huge. It has about like 200 buildings, more over, over 600 acres. And he seemed to know every nook and cranny of that campus. I didn't learn where everything was till I graduated. It took me four years to figure out where everything was. And he learned everything in a week. It just shows me that even though we may have a, 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 you know, a physical setback or illness or some sort of dis-ease, we still are here to do something magnificent. So we're still whole even though we're in the illness itself. And that's why I think Jesus was asked about a man who was born blind. And they came up to Jesus who had been working on the Sabbath, and they were giving him the third degree about that, but that's a whole different story. And he said, they asked him, Jesus, who messed up this? this who messed up? Who, who sinned? Who, who screwed up to cause this man to be born blind? And he said, neither. He was born blind in order to glorify the power and the presence and the love of God. That being said, you know, when we find ourselves out of alignment with our well-being, some part of us really desires to have that health, to get back into that wholeness that sometimes eludes us. As the text points out, the secret to healing of any kind is to correct the conditions that are impeding the natural flow of life by altering states of consciousness. In this chapter, Butterworth talks about the parable of the fisherman I mentioned it last week, and Paul mentioned it in his reading for his artwork. But it bears repeating that the fishermen were at sea. And they were fishing, and they fished all night long, and they caught nothing. Nada. Zip. Zilch. And these were experienced, well-seasoned fishermen. And they were going back, you know, after the sun was rising up, and they were heading back to shore, and they were a little despondent and, you know, you know uh, disappointed. And, and, and Jesus supposedly met them and suggested something to them. And he said, uh, fellas, uh, this time, why don't you go back to the boats and drop your, let, your nets on the right side of the boat? And they're probably thinking, look, we're, we're professionals. You, at most, are a carpenter. You don't know anything about fishing. But they listened to him because I guess he was raising people from the dead, so they said he might know something. And so they went back to the boat. And they did drop their nets on the other side of the boat. Now, we know the net represents consciousness. And they were saying in so many, certain, so many words of the story telling us to get your consciousness right. Make sure it's in alignment with the qualities of God. Make sure it's in alignment with the energy of pure spirit. And when we do that, we get into the flow of this wholeness and this energy that is there. And, of course, our goal is how do we stay there? And I, you may know the feeling of, of what it means to be in the flow. At least, you know, I have that feeling from time to time. You get up in the morning and you're feeling good. You know, you're just feeling magnificent. It's a great day. Everything is working really well. You go outside and you get in your car and all the lights turn green. Not one red light not even a yellow on the way. You know, you go right straight through. You go to a parking lot. It's full of cars. There's not a parking space right there. You pull up, car pulls out right just for you. 
You go to your baggage claim after getting off your flight, and your bag is the first one that slides down the carousel. Now, that only happened to me once in my life, but I knew that day I was in the flow. But you know that feeling feels that way when we're in the flow of healing and health and wholeness and well-being that is ours by our birthright. But as Butterworth points out in the text, it's not something that we get. It's only something that we can be. It is the reality of life. It's the reality of God. It is our natural and normal way of being in the world. Anything outside of that is really abnormal. It's not our normal way of being. But as he points out in that first week, and we shared last week, we have to begin within. As within, so without. Because our life must be lived from the inside out. And what we see in the outer world, what we see in the external circumstances, always begins with something inside of us, our consciousness. Our, we need to do that rather than take our cues or somehow be influenced by the external situations that happen around us. You know, our son Jalen was... Um, you know, had some sniffles that was coming up. He, you know, he's always pretty healthy, but he had some sniffles, and you know, somebody said suggested that he take uh, this remedy. Uh, it was a natural remedy. I don't know quite what it was. You just drop it in some water, you drink it, and it's supposed to help, you know, clear up, you know, whatever you're going through. And of course, he did that, you know. And the next day, he was, you know, whatever he had was gone. But he said something interesting. He said, "I don't know if that thing really worked." But what I do know, I believed it was going to work, so it worked. So I think herein lies the, the clue to getting in the healing stream. We realize it originates in our mind. It originates in our thoughts. It originates in our beliefs that we hold about life and about ourselves. And if I were to sum up the essence of this new thought philosophy, the new thought teachings, it's probably those eight words that Jesus said to this effect. At least I condensed it down to eight words. And these words are, it is done unto you as you believe. Eight words. I counted them. You can count them up. I think they're correct. Unless you look at unto as being two. But I'm saying that's unto. It's two words. But these beliefs often are reflected in the words we speak to ourselves about ourselves. You can often determine what a person really believes. What are they talking about? What are we affirming? What are we thinking? What are we saying out loud on a regular basis? In fact, let's affirm some words of truth right now, if you don't mind. Just say these words with me. I am in the flow of life. I move easily with the flow. I am radiantly and enthusiastically alive. I am free from stress. I am unhurried and unworried. I thought some of those words are in that chapter on chapter page 43. Some good words just to reaffirm within us. So I think when we speak words like that, our cells of our body temple begin to dance because it's in alignment with the truth of who and what we really are. You know, Myrtle, who, Myrtle Filmer, who I said was the catalyst for the creation of our movement, of unity movement, of course, was diagnosed with tuberculosis, which at that time was considered fatal. He didn't have the, the, the medicines that we have today. But at some point, she realized that, you know, she may have gotten that diagnosis from the doctors, but the healing stream of the Spirit of the living God really had her prognosis. 
And she embraced that prognosis when she heard these words from one of the lecturers that she had been going to define what her healing would be. And these words were, you are a child of God, you do not inherit sickness. And we might add, even to the extent that I may inherit it, it does not have the final word. Now, it took her a while to embody that belief. I think she was praying and meditating and affirming for consistently for a two-year period of time and speaking those words of truth. But what, after a while, she moved to the right side of the law. She went to the right. She put her net on the right side of the boat. Up until that point, that point, she said she was frustrating the natural flow of accepting and reinforcing the doctors and the external world's prognosis and embodying, embodying that prognosis or diagnosis as her belief. And as a result, her energy field was blocked and was resisting the healing stream that is always there for us. As this week's reading notes, you know, resistance begins in the mind where self-limiting attitudes become poor conditions for the flow. And then the cells of the body taking their cues from the mental state begin to experience resistance and congestion. Now, we know that's somewhat of an oversimplification because of so many other factors, but we start there. But no doubt, a limited consciousness produces oftentimes stress in our life, ills in the body temple. And we can reduce the resistance and lessen the resistance by what I call reversing the cursing. <laughs> now, we're not talking about, you know, what profanity. People think cursing is using profane words in, in, in their language. But real cursing is using words that are against us. Oftentimes we use words that not are really not for our benefit. They're not really uplifting our energy field. It's words like, I'm so tired. And then the universe will say, oh, okay, let me make you more tired. You say, oh, my back hurts. Okay, we can add a little bit more back pain to you right now. Oh, we say things, oh, that person over there, they make me sick. Oh, let me have that person show up even more in your life so you can have a little bit more of that sickness in your life. And you say, oh, every time I go to on that job or wherever I see that person and hear their name or see their face, oh, I just get so upset when I think about them. But all we're doing is putting toxins in our own body temple. We're not doing anything to them. They're going about their business. They're not even remembering what's happening that rest, happened that day. So oftentimes, we'll take this great power of, of, of the words that we use and the great power of the universe that's behind that, the magnificent flow of this universe. And we're reversing its flow in our own life. And we begin to debilitate ourselves, steal our own energy, atrophy our creativity, block the flow of life flowing through this body temple. Our mental body becomes polluted. Our emotional body sometimes becomes reactionary. Our physical body begins to take the shape of the curse that's coming out of our mouth. And that's why they have in that scriptural reference, I think Jesus or somebody said, somebody wise, said it's not what comes, goes into your mouth. That is so important. No, it's not what comes out. The little, it's not what comes into your mouth that is so important, but what comes out of our mouth. It's having an impact on us in this instant. And it begins and causes us maybe sometimes to age faster or create all kinds of toxins moves of the body temple. And next thing we know, we may be getting older. But I think if you want to stay young, think young ideas. I think if, you keep, if you're thinking old ideas, oh, you're getting old. But if you're thinking young, that's why I like hanging around with young people because it keeps me up 
in terms of finding out what it means to stay in that youthful energy. But if we're not doing that, we're blocking the flow of our creative endeavors. And our attention to be here for God becomes disintegrated. And we begin to cripple ourselves a little at a time. And we become absolutely unavailable to the flow of God as it's flowing through us. Because we're cursing and making it go against the flow. And then we find ourselves railing against an external God, asking, why is this happening to me in my little life? But we remind ourselves that we are here to reveal the face of God. And we do that by reversing the cursing in our life. And we understand this. As some people begin to practice this, uh, because they've created such a habit of, of using the words against them all the time, they're going through a long period of time of being quiet because that's all they know to do. They don't know what to say if they're not using the words against themselves or against someone else. Because every time they open their mouth, the natural cursing is going to come out. So some of us are going to have to just be quiet. That's okay. Do us all some good and stop profaning the universe with cursing about how bad things are and how tired you are, how many things never go your way. Oh, my God, I know this is going to happen bad today because it happened yesterday. No, just be quiet. And then you'll grasp what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God in the midst of you. It reminds us why meditation is one of the keys to putting us right smack dab in the middle of the healing stream. Because something wonderful begins to happen. As it says in Isaiah, the 40th chapter, the 31st verse, but those that wait on the Lord, and we talk about the Lord, not a person, but it's the law of life. It's the law of our being. It's our super wisdom. Those that wait upon the Lord, their strength shall be renewed. They shall mount up like wings of eagles. They shall run and not get weary. They shall walk and not faint. Those that wait, those that wait, those that wait. See, it's reminding us that when we have those emotional or psychological or physical challenges, the first thing that we want to do is go for the meditation before we go for the medication. You know, medication is okay. It's needed at times. But first go for the meditation. Connect with the presence of pure spirit. Meditation helps put us in that flow and opens us up to that healing stream, which means that we have to do exactly what the butterfly does. The butterfly has solar panel wings, and every morning it wakes up, spreads its wings, and absorbs the sunlight from the sun. And when it's full, it goes out throughout the course of the day, flower to flower, flapping and being absolutely beautiful. So we, too, need to wake up every day and stretch our spiritual wings, come in alignment with the flow of life that is within our soul. So we are fueled by this presence till this energy field is more real than the circumstances that we may be facing through the course of the day. And then we're filled with the presence. We move through the day, flapping our wings, walking and talking and exhorting and expressing the name and the nature of pure spirit. So we don't want to leave till we're full of the presence of God. Sometimes we're full of something, but we want to be full of the presence of God. This is what it means to cast our nets to the right side of the boat, embody the belief that sets the direction of our life and sets us up to be in the healing stream of spirit. 
Because as it says, as a man or woman believeth in their heart, it is done unto them. So the things that happen around us or seemingly happen to us will have little bearing on our physical or our mental or spiritual well-being. We shall not be moved by what's going on because we realize that the only enemies are within our own household, within our own mind. And when we convince ourselves of this truth, we realize our oneness with the flow and our life outpictures the qualities of this flowing, healing stream. You know, as I close out today, just know that you know, I believe that all authentic teaching it's not about trying to get us to conform to some kind of external thought. True spiritual teaching is about getting in tune with the sacred and tapping into the super wisdom that is there all of the time so that we evolve personally by being in the flow of life and being transformed by the renewing of our minds and hearts. As we do, we rise up in consciousness because it's all about consciousness. We know that our thoughts are prayers, and prayer is beholding the truth, finding our place in God, and getting in the flow of life. As I mentioned, we're predisposed for health and wholeness. It is not something that we do with our own might, our own power. It is something that we just know and we realize and see manifest. We create the conditions for it to come through us by thinking and speaking and believing and acting from this truth, from this wholeness. This we can do. So I think as we go through the week, just think about a place in life that we may be out of the flow and then begin to choose again, choose from that place of our super wisdom, not trying to overcome a problem, not trying to make something happen, but trying to know and flow with this presence and feeling our way to our center, feeling our way back to God, feeling our way to this healing stream of truth, which is our true nature and the peace that we are. And in that space, there's nothing to fight. There's nothing to prove there. There's nothing to get rid of there. We are doing and being what God wants us to do and to be which is to know God and manifest God. Know God and manifest the qualities God. So the verdict is in. We're not guilty of anything. We're free in the spirit. The prognosis is in. You are whole and perfect and complete, no matter what the seeming conditions are. The report card is in. You are made in the image and likeness of God. Celebrate God's life that is in and as us. Rejoice in this instant as you do. You realize you indeed are going with the flow. Yeah, it is done. Well, each week we have an affirmation that we seek to affirm throughout the week just to deepen the, the, the lessons that we're reading and the, what we're getting in our small groups. So I invite us to, together just to affirm them together. The dynamic current of the universe pours through me as health, prosperity, and wisdom. I am in the flow of life, and that is indeed the truth. Uh, next week, Reverend Deborah will be here continuing on our series of uh, Adventure of Faith series, and our topic is the flow of substance and light. And as you can imagine, the color is yellow, 
We're doing the rainbow, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. So next week is yellow, if you'd like to get in tune with the colors. And uh, I'll be here to do the meditation. And uh, William Min, uh, Minifield, who, who was here before, if you remember, he was magnificent. He's going to bring some great music along with Lurie and the Soulite Connection. So be there, or be square, as they like to say. It's going to be good. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center Heart. One heart. One heart.